nine o'clock on a Saturday night. You're all dialed up and you're looking fine. I got a new t-shirt, my old blue jeans. My truck's gassed up and it's nice and clean. We're going downtown to a driving show and then a roll in the clover where nobody knows. Sometimes I just can't believe my luck. Just you and me and my pickup truck. Well, we're sitting on a tailgate, working on a 12-pack of middle of a country road. Looking at the stars, beats, hanging out in bars. When I'm with you, I don't get old. Go on and grab another cold one, snuggle up close, and turn on the radio. We're sitting on a tailgate, working on a 12-pack, and listen to some rock and roll. Have some fun, I got some money in my pocket. The bills are paid. So excited, cause I got it made. We're old enough to stay out all night, but we're young enough to see the morning light. To have a good time, I don't need no car, just you, my truck, and my old guitar. Well, we're sitting on a tailgate, working on a 12-pack in the middle of a country road. Looking at the stars, beefs, hanging out in bars. When I'm with you, it don't get old. Go on and grab another cold one, snuggle up close on, turn on the radio. We're sitting on a tailgate, working on a 12-pack and listening to some rock and roll. I'm gonna sit on the tailgate and polish off a 12-pack and dig some rock and roll. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm Craig Spader. Stick around. We got Catherine Spader coming up now to talk about her book, Feast of the Raven. Hey, everybody. I am Rob Scoggins. I'm your host of the Topic Conversation. We are here every Wednesday night at the original Brooklyn's right here in downtown Denver, 100 yards away from where those Broncos play. Those, right, they won their ring this year, uh, 50th uh, Super Bowl ring uh, and, and, and Super Bowl. They did it 100 yards away. So come down to the original Brooklyn's sometime uh, every Wednesday uh, to join us for the Topic and, of course, uh, we're here every Wednesday, and Di and Jimmy and the gang are here at the Original Brooklyn's. If you want to book something, if you have a family or, or, or a reunion or a family retreat coming up or just a party or something you want to celebrate, it's a great place to do it right here. They have free parking. You're a block away from light rail. It's a great way to see the fireworks next week. If you just want to come down and have a good time at the Original Brooklyn's before the game, even before the Rockies game, come down to the Original Brooklyn's. They're a great place to hang out with your friends and family. Well, that's right. We are at the end of season four here at the Topic Conversation right here at the original Brooklyn's. And of course, we're leading into, we'll be going into season five uh, next week. But I couldn't do this without my ex exciting and talented staff every weekend and every week that I get to spend with them with, at Waterworld or we go to Elages or Renaissance Festival. We just have a great time. But my uh, director producer back there, Matt Schiff, I thank him so much. And of course, my technical director, technical director, and of course, chief editor and all world-renowned world sound people over there, uh, Will Hartman, and of course, um, the lady who puts it all together on the internet right over there, Steph Schiffy too. Her husband, Chris, helps out. We want to thank him 
for his support as well. And we just want to thank you so much for season four. It's going to be out the door. But tonight, all right, tonight, our topic tonight is fantasy. No, 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 not that type of fantasy, you dirty people. It is, it is <laughs> historical fantasy. It's, it's <laughs> well, Craig may, may. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get to go home with her. I know. Um, <laughs> um, we 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 are, we have a treat tonight, guys, uh, out there in the out there in in the uh, radio world, and also right here at Original Brooklyn's. Um, it's amazing, and, and the way it, the way uh, serendipity and just the way things work in this world. Um, tonight we have her. She is here. She is a uh, historical fantasy historical fantasy writer. And what she does is she takes historical dates and times and wraps it around in this great story. And she puts fictional characters in, but it's during a time period that actually existed uh, in, in the world, uh, sometime during the world. Um, today uh, is a treat because she just got her proof in the mail. It was like today. Yay! Right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, feats, uh, feats of Raven. Uh, it's, her, it's her first book. It's, uh, it's going to be book one. Uh, please welcome to the show. Uh, topic of conversation tonight is is fantasy, um, and it is Catherine uh, Spader. How are you? Great. How about this? Great. Yeah. Your husband's a pretty good singer. Oh, yes, did a pretty he good is. job, didn't he? Yeah, yes, he does. Yeah, and Craig Spader over there, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. fireman, ex ex minor league baseball player, Chicago dude. Chicago dude. Um, yeah. You're you're a Chicago dudette. Yeah. Right. Originally, is yep. is Spader? Obviously, most people know James Spader from his movies and 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 you know Boston Legal, and of mm-hmm. course his um, blacklist now. Is there a relationship to that? To, uh, to apparently my husband is a distant cousin. There you go. Cousin. Second cousin, yeah. right? Yeah. Second cousin runs for moved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. But somewhere, somewhere in there. That's awesome. Well, great, great job by him. Uh, he'll, his music will be leading in the show and taking us out and taking us to breaks. You can't hear that now, but you will later. Um, <laughs> I've heard it. Yes. We want to, we, we want to, we want to thank you so much for being here and, and what an exciting time for you. My goodness. Right. Mm-hmm. This Very is exciting. huge. This yeah. is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Fun to write, isn't mm-hmm. it? But let's go back a little ways, uh, back to when you were, um, you know, just kicking in, in the dirt in Chicago or, you know, being a tomboy or whatever, whatever you were. Um, did I you, was, did, were you a tomboy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And climbing trees. Still and am. Climbing trees and writing. <laughs> Have you always been a writer? Have you always loved writing as even as a child? You know, ever since I can remember, I've always loved to write. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. About what? When you were a child. Like, let's go back to when you were 12. A tween. There was no such thing as a tween. We didn't call ourselves tweens back then. <laughs> but the tween years, you know, in the 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh, and at that time, I was, um, I had a lot of stories in my head. And I always wrote a journal, diary. We used to call it diary in those days. And, uh didn't really get too many stories down on paper because I didn't ever feel like I had the experience really to sure. write them, you know? So it's taken. I mean, as a 12 year old, if you wrote something like this, they would say you were disturbed. Yeah. But I mean, now, now exactly. <laughs> we need dogs. They might still say I'm disturbed. I don't we, know. <laughs> and Catherine, Catherine, can I, your stage name is, your stage name is Catherine uh, Spader, but can I call you Kathy? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Kathy, you know, we go back to, to your time. I mean, this, you know, you're a pro- you're a product of the '80s, right? I mean, '80s. You were a young young lady. I grew really came of age in the '70s. In the '70s, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, big, big huge time to come of age, right? Mm-hmm. To be, yeah, to be absolutely. 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Um, freedom. There was there was sexual freedom back then. There was a lot of people who were just you know doing everything, whatever they yeah. wanted to do back then. And no AIDS yet. And no AIDS yet. Yeah. And and, <laughs> so. people, and no AIDS, and people could drink at eighteen, right? Um, depending states. on your state, but your yeah, state. they yeah. didn't really card. So right. yeah. <laughs> But these these type of these type of stories that that you've written, and we're going to get into the book um, uh, soon. Don't worry, folks. 
Um, these type of stories that you came up with, I mean, were they always in you? Have this has always been a part of you? You've always loved history. Have yeah, always, loved always history? have always just loved um, dark ages, medieval history. Uh, we prefer to call it early middle ages, but nobody knows what that means. It's the dark ages. Right. So also known uh, as your 40s, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, <laughs> 40, middle ages, yeah. it's a, it's a life, 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 a circle thing. Yeah. So the, the, the whole concept of the, uh, the whole concept of the, of the book is you love Germany. I mean, do you just love that type of the world because I guess medieval times, we always think of medieval times or the Renaissance fair, those type of things. It was just freedom, right? I mean, people just walk around naked. No one cared, right? Yeah, basically. No, no, no come on. <laughs> no, no. But no, people people really did. It was a lot more freedom. It's a, no one picks, everybody picks future sci-fi or they pick way far, you know, yours is 17 AD, right? right. Yeah. Uh, like I mean, the 8th century. Yeah, yeah. No one picks like current day stuff. No one wants to write about, about that stuff anymore. Yeah. But I the people, people go so far back. Um, obviously, who were your big influences when you were a child? I mean, were you... Were you into Star Star Wars, Star Trek? I mean, 19, 1977, um, Star Wars came out. Were yeah, I mean, I stuff? remember watching the original Star Trek when I was growing a little kid in the 60s, yeah. you know. And uh, But really, my one of my biggest influences is Lord of the Rings. Of Lord of the Rings, yeah. okay. Yeah. The books. Yeah. Do you remember, the, you, I bet you people in the audience, too, remember this, too. Do you remember the Warner Brothers version of the, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the Lord of the Rings, yeah. the animated? And the animated one, I went to good. that, yeah. And that was yeah. it? That's that what did it for you? That's all we had back then. Yeah. Well, the book did, you know. I got... It, it was the thing in the 70s. You know, if you were cool and hip, you read Lord of the Rings and you, you memorized it practically and you knew the lines and you knew the characters. And Really? Yeah, it was, it was a thing within certain groups. And The Hobbit as well. Yeah. So yeah. When, the, when the movies came out, you were just like geeked up, right? You're like, oh, my oh God. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just yeah. huge, just a huge It's like, where was this when we were teenagers? Yeah, well, you know, have, we had to read. They didn't yeah. have CGI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't read either. They didn't have CGI back then. They didn't have, you know, computer graphic imaging, right. so they couldn't yeah. do it. Um, but yeah, so so going back to Lord of the Rings, what, what were some of the things that really got you? Just the, the elf stuff? I mean, what, what really got you going? I think how imaginative it is, number one. Number two, I like that it has really big themes. I mean, it's epic. It's sure, got sure big themes, sure you know. Because um, there's, there's people who are listening, uh, who will listen to the show and, and won't know things about J.R. Tolkien. They won't even know who he is. Um, but tell us tell us those themes that, that he created. Well, just the, you know, a lot of his people think, oh, it's it's a really fun adventure, epic movie and stuff like that. But there there's a lot of a depth to it. There's more depth to it than a lot of people realize. I mean, World yeah. War II definitely affected Mr. Tolkien very much. Yeah. And he, um, and he threw a lot of World War II-isms into the, into mm -hmm. the, into the series, yeah, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, very much, very much. And um, yeah, you can see a lot of... Um, what happened in, in the world wars in general um, take place in disguised sure. <laughs> in a fantasy world in, in Tolkien's work. So, so were the, were the, the things that come out of the earth, those gourds, what are they called? The orcs. The orcs. Yeah. I mean, were those the Germans? I mean, is that what they were saying? Were they, were they the Nazis? Is that kind of just keep, they just never stopped? Yeah. It kind of, I mean, what were, what were the themes that you saw that, that, that you really hit you? Actually, for me, since I didn't grow up in World War II, for me, I saw themes of when they're, you know, taking down the forest and destroying the forest and making the war machine. And um, in the books, the um, the place where the hobbits live actually gets destroyed, too. It doesn't in the movies. There's some differences. Um, and they're destroying, you know, that innocence and they're destroying nature and they're, you know, using nature for their own 
selfish gain. Is that know, like adult, is that like adults destroying the innocence of youth, or, or what do you, what do you? I think it's just power wanting to power greed wanting to take over and not respecting you know the earth and respecting um, you know people who they are and what they are or living creatures and and, and what <laughs> and what, what about the transformation of Gandalf? I mean, what did that do for you? Was that Christ like? A lot of people think that's Christ like. A lot of people relate Christ to that. A lot of people relate just coming of age. You know, as we age, we become we're youthful. You know, they always the the thing I always hear is that you know. 40s are the old age of youth and 50s are the youth of old age. That type of thing is that type of hey, thing. Hey, 50s the new 30, so uh, I'm okay. going with that right now. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good good luck at the 30s bar. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it's real dark. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. But no, is that is that what Gandalf I mean, what did Gandalf what did his transformation from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White do? I don't know. I've had a you know, I've had to think about that over the years many times because I as a younger person I didn't quite get it or get that much out of it as a younger person i got different things because he basically dies I, I mean he dies yeah and he comes back he dies and he comes back for a higher purpose and to serve just a certain purpose for Correct. a certain period of time Correct. you know too he wasn't back forever either and um yeah i don't i'm i don't really wasn't quite as affected by that as i was by other things in the book okay actually but we'll uh, share a little bit with us because that's that's that really has a lot to that, that that books and that series, uh, the J.R. Tolkien series of Lord of the Rings, really has a huge effect on your life, and, and that's how Feast of Raven uh, came about. So give us some themes of, well, of um, uh, J.R. Tolkien that really hit you. You know, some of the, uh, when, you, when you bring it down to an individual level where you've got, you know, Frodo, and you, you have it like a person who's just like going on a journey, you know, and I, that's what I've always life's enjoyed. Journey, life's journey, life's journey. Life's journey, and... Um, all of a sudden something happens and you're living your happy little life or, you know, in your little quaint Hobbitville place, right? And uh, something occurs and it takes you in a completely different direction and um, watching him grow and develop through that story and his perspective on that. And I really enjoyed the friendship between him and Sam. I think Sam is probably the biggest, one of the biggest heroes of the book, probably more so than Frodo. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that I've always been, always had a place for Sam. <laughs> and, uh, it's just, you know, and then the journey of Aragon, of course, who's just kind of this recluse and um, not that he's such a bad guy or anything, but he gets pulled in and, and decides to, 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 to join something that's bigger than he is, you know, um, looking more toward a goal. Um, in the books, the hobbits are, well, in the movies too, they, they're very much kind of isolationists. They just kind of wanted to, you know, all those nasty things going on in Mordor, we have nothing to do with it. And, um, that reflects back, I guess, to isolationist policy pre-World War II. But, um, you know, and in the books, the, you know, they actually do get destroyed. Um, and so it kind of, I don't know, just, just seeing individual characters, they're not all people, of course, they're, but they're people-like characters getting pulled from all their various lives and their roles and where they've been into something that brings them all together in a greater purpose is. Do you like Samwise because he is the the moral compass for Frodo, and he's the guy who says, "I'm going to be loyal to you. Die. I'm going to get you there. It's my job to get you there, to to throw the ring in the volcano or whatever you want to call it, in the ring in the fire. And I'm. It's my job to get through. I'm going to get you there no matter what. Is it his loyalty that you enjoyed so much, or is it you know his friendship or just his love for his 
best friend or what is it that, that really spoke to you? I think a, Sam? a little of all of that, but I think he's, he ended up having an inner strength that was probably greater than, you know, many of them, you know, and he didn't have, he wasn't super athletic and he wasn't big and he didn't, you know, physically didn't probably have the same attributes as Aragon or, you know, and some of those, um, but seeing him like step up and, and play the role that he did in the story was, I thought, very moving, always very moving for me. And what's so nice about Lord of the Rings and that series, and I don't know if the audience will agree or not, is that the smallest people in the, in the whole series are the heroes. Right. Usually it's yep. the big, jocular, yeah. big guy, I can do it, you know, Superman type, Wonder Woman type of heroine and hero that get to save the day, but it was, it was the smallest. It was the smallest of, of, of kind. Yeah. The smallest of groups. That kind of um, did the, the hardest part. The hardest part, in, yeah. In a way, and had and, to step up the most and, and sacrifice the most, potentially, too, so. And that's, so. is that why you related to it as a child? Because you were little, you know, because children are little. Well, I was kind of a teenager when I wrote it. And, or I was a teenager when I wrote it, or when, when I read, read it. it. Yeah. Read it. <laughs> you wrote it? That's awesome. I wish, yeah. Nice to when meet you, Mr. Tolkien. And, you know, at yeah. that time, just the the whole fantasy aspect was just, it was cool and it was hip, you know, okay. so. So everybody was yeah. doing it, it was like hula hoops. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was reading so, it. So there was a certain group that was into it and we'd sit around and party and talk yeah. Tolkien, what, you know, Were you Dungeons and Dragons too? Was that, was that about that time? Um, no, I didn't actually, it was a little before that. Before Dungeons and yeah, Dragons. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons would come later. It kind of came a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. All right. So when so as a child and then as a as a young as a young woman, um, did you start really writing or did you or you were more into what were you doing? What what did you do uh, in your youth? Oh well, I did a lot. <laughs> did a lot of things. Got real busy. Um, in in Illinois. In, in Illinois. In the yeah. suburbs, suburbs of Chicago. Well, we can get into the nitty gritty of it. I was kind of a rebel. Okay. And uh, I dropped out of high school uh, and basically left home. And uh, Was Doobie involved? Huh? Was Doobie involved? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think, you think I meant marijuana. I meant the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> no, the oh. Doobie Brothers, the band. No, obviously. First Doobie. album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, 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 but mar- marijuana was involved and in, in, in drugs and marijuana yeah. and drinking. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was kind of a party girl. And yeah. Spent some time um, following the Grateful Dead around and uh, got really? married and had a, had a kid and decided it was time to, I went to school, went to nursing school and became a, a nurse. I was an ER nurse then for 20 years. And before, before we get into your nursing world, let's go back to the Grateful Dead. Okay. <laughs> Why does one follow them? What, what is that? They're, they're, they're greasy, they're dirty, they smell like hemp and marijuana. What, what is the fascination with, mar- with, with the Grateful Dead? You know... It's a. There's only. I mean, it's a from, very much a tribal thing. Yeah. It's a very much a community. It's okay. a. It's a place to belong. It's um, freedom. A freedom. It's. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why a like, lot like of people are there. Sexual, sexual, <laughs> sexual freedom, marijuana freedom. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. Just general. Come freedom, as you are. Acceptance um, is who you. You know. It doesn't matter what you look like or where you're from. You're accepted. Exactly. And that's what yeah. the Grateful Dead is. That really what the Grateful Dead kind of. Yeah. The Grateful that's Dead good. were kind of the lovable, lovable losers of the music world, actually. And, um, yeah, the, the community accepted everyone, embraced everyone. It grew to be so big and so out of control after a while in the 80s that, you know, turned into a how different long thing. Did you, how long did you follow the Dead? Well, 
I went to see him probably about a hundred times. A hundred um, times. Yeah, not all at one time, but just right. many, many times and, and stuff. The same so. music? I mean, did they ever? Oh, well, they had a lot of music. So, sure. so their shows were sounded, pretty varied. Yeah, it sounded very similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had an interesting thing going too. Their 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 attitude was very. Their marketing ideas were very interesting for the time. Um, they allowed people to come and record with very sophisticated professional recording equipment their shows. It's brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant because then it would get it would throw be thrown around the country. People yeah, know. yeah. You were allowed to record it. You were allowed to sell tapes. You were allowed to trade tapes. You were whatever. And so they didn't make their money so much on selling the albums or selling the music, but on people all coming to the show. Sure. You know, so and they're all represented by bears, right? I mean, each each of them yeah. were a different bear. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. And Jerry Garcia is obviously now gone, and yeah. now they now they uh, tour as as Bob Weir and the gang, or Bob Weir and Company, or Dead and Company, or are they still? Yeah, they still doing a variety stuff. of yeah, different. Yeah, doing. I think Bob Weir's still out. String Cheese Company, yeah. whatever they're called. I forget the name of the no. band. But but being a dead, you did a hundred hundred shows. Probably so I don't know. Five, I lost is that call, is that five years of your life you did that? Um, did you do it consistently? It just depends where they were and where yeah. where I could get to to see them and stuff like that. And so. where would you stay in tents? Did you guys stay in tents? We hotels? camped a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah we would camp a lot. Um, there was a lot of tailgating. You know, this was like early tailgating, I sure. guess. You know, now you do it here at the Broncos game, but you know, yeah. we. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you kind of. But but being but Grateful Dead was a huge for you, huge influence. Um. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I was a, a very big Jethro Tull fan, too. And actually, that music is far more influential on my writing. Yeah, Jethro Tull's good. Yeah. yeah. So. And the way they dress, too. It's just mm -hmm. very, very free. Yeah. The way they all dress. So from, from being a deadhead or following the dead, um, you went into nursing. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, well, I had worked a variety of um, low-paying, unsatisfying jobs and decided that, hey, mom was right. I should go to college. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, so after doing that, a variety of odd jobs for a while, you know, worked um, graveyard shift on assembly line. I've worked, you know, a lot of table waiting, you know, whatever type jobs and uh, just decided that I found out with uh, nursing, you can become a registered nurse with a two year college degree at community college. So it just was it's a good way to do it. And I'm like, OK, that's a great way to go. It's a good job. What can I do that I would like? And I immediately thought emergency rooms. So, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You saw it all there, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I was immediately said, hey, that would be cool. Yeah. And how long did you do that? How long were you working in the emergency room? 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. Still doing that? No. Retired? Retired 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. From, from ER? Mm -hmm. Well, you saw it all, didn't you? Yep. I mean, you saw gunshots and this and that. And just yep. a whole yep. lot of. Some of that's in some of that's in uh, some of that time period, being in the ER with the oh yeah with the graphic, I can write blood and guts with the graphics yeah. of blood and guts yeah <laughs> yeah it's in yeah. there it's yeah. in there it's oh in yeah there. it's definitely yeah. in there yeah yeah and that is that does that help did that help pull I mean being being in the ER for that many years oh yeah pulling yeah. from that yeah there's a lot of emotion in there that comes from that in just kind of a a general way I would say you know and uh, um, how how seeing that kind of thing affects you whether it's in an ER or whether it's on a battlefield in the 8th century or whatever, when you're constantly exposed to that kind of thing, there's, there's definitely some emotion. I think that carried over into that. I mean, obviously my emotion about that is on a much lighter scale than somebody who was hacking heads off in the 8th century, but yeah. 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 <laughs> but are, are nurses, are nurses smarter than doctors? 
Heck yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, <laughs> better bedside manner, right? I mean, then hey, doctors. Who got a great job with a two-year degree? Yeah. To hear. Yeah. <laughs> this lady. So you did it for you did it for twenty years in Denver, or did you do it in in? Uh, 18, 18 years in Chicago and two years in Denver. Okay. Yeah. So when obviously you said you you got married uh, once when you were uh, following the dead and met somebody great and that and that didn't didn't uh, that didn't pan out, but you got a a great child out of it and the child is here or grown. He's grown up and he's uh, in the Chicago area. In the Chicago area. Yeah. Okay, so from that time period, from you going, uh, leave, leaving Chicago, that's huge, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, that's, how did you meet the, the guy who sang for us tonight? Well, he actually is an ER nurse, too. Really? Before he became a paramedic and a firefighter, he was uh, a nurse, and we met in the emergency room. Okay. Yep. Those they just love at first blood sight? What? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you guys were stitching, what, how, was, was he stitching up somebody, or? How'd you guys? How'd you guys meet? I don't know. We started talking about beer, and that was. <laughs> Were you in surgery? Wait a minute. Hang on. Were you in surgery? Hey, man, you like beer? Yeah, me too. Man. Yeah, it kind of works like that sort yeah. of sometimes. Yeah, and um, yeah, we started talking about craft beers and better beers, and the fact that you know he didn't like Corona Light or something. You know, and <laughs> yeah. I think I. <laughs> well, and we're who just does? like <laughs> no, but um, I think that's great about nurse nursing and the ER staff because you guys are humans. And you see, you know, you deal with uh, life and death and blood and gore all day, but you do have time to talk about mm-hmm. real stuff. You get time to laugh and talk about beer and talk about, you know, life, you know, yeah. and I think that's very, very important. And you gotta. You and gotta, you have, you have yeah. to. You, you, you have, have to. to. It's, to the extreme. Yeah, and you yeah. have to laugh. Yep. Right? Yep. A, lot, a lot of laughter in the ER. You, you'd be yep. surprised, right? People a lot of kind of sick would, humor, for sure. Yeah, people would be surprised, right? A sick <laughs> yeah. humor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of got to do it because you have to have some... Some release. Did you yeah. just meet in the ER, or were you guys at the same operating table, working on the same person, or you just said, "Hey, how just you in doing? the same department," you know? Okay, same department. Yeah. And then you guys met, and then how long ago was that? That was in what ninety ninety eight or so. so ninety eight. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, we're going seventeen years ago. Getting, on, getting, on, getting, close, ago. To, getting yeah. close to twenty years there. Yeah. And then how did you guys say, "Hey, we're done with Chicago. Let's move to the mountains." I mean, what 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 drew what what, well, what bugler what bugler called you out here? This, that's kind of in. An interesting way that that came about. We um, we loved coming out to the mountains. My family was out here already. We'd come out and visit. We'd love to come out and camp. We loved Colorado. We talked about retiring here someday. And we were on our, what, fifth trip of the year to Colorado. Wow. <laughs> we were constantly coming but out the here. family's already here. I mean, the they, family's they're, already they're here. They're staying. They're yep. like, we're here. Yeah, so um, it was uh, 9-11. We were wow. getting on a plane to come out here for another trip. And it was literally uh, September of no- yes, it was, was the day. Yeah, it was the day it happened. You and were getting on a plane on September 11th. Yeah, we were getting on a plane for uh-huh. a trip here, and um, obviously the plane never took off, and no. we were all escorted out of the the airport and and whatnot, and we kind of went home in this like everybody else, a little bit of a state of shock, sure. you know, and thought about it, and we started thinking, what airlines are you supposed to get onto? Remember? I don't remember. American Delta. Huh? Frontier? It was Frontier. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. But we went home. We thought about it. And when it kind of sunk in and stuff, we were just, we looked at each other and we're like, what are we waiting for retirement for to go do what we really want to do? You know, this is crazy. We're, we're going out here five times in a year to visit and and to, to go and do things we love to do. And it's like it, it can all change like that. So. And you both had great, it. great careers and transferable jobs. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty hard to get into a fire department, actually. That was kind of a risk. It's 
fairly easy to, to come out and get a nursing job. But, sure. uh, but yeah, we just kind of, we kind of just said that was a big game changer for us because we kind of thought that there's, there's no, why wait? You never know what could happen. We might never get here. So after know? 2001, when did you say, let's do this thing? Was it right then? Right away, pretty so much. So 2002, yeah. you're, 2002, you're out here. We were out here in two, by 2002. We had gotten jobs and gotten out here, yeah. And and chose what part of this? But what part of the land of Colorado did you choose to live in? Um, well, we started. We we should I tell them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we first we we lived in a trailer. Okay. That's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, we lived up in Golden. Was it a, in fifth a trailer? Wheel? Was it a fifth wheel? No, it was like a trailer, was a trailer. park oh, trailer. trailer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was that was kind of meant to be temporary till we could figure out exactly where we wanted to be, like permanently. That could be fun. So, yeah, it was kind of fun. I actually kind of like my trailer. They're very, they're very. It's a very communal thing. <laughs> RVing is very communal. Yeah. I mean, it can be fun depending on the neighborhood. But sure. So you did that, and how long did you do that? We were there like three years. I okay. Think, or about three years, and then we decided we wanted to get that you know cabin up in the middle of nowhere in the woods. So we moved up um, to Bailey. Um, we were, I don't know, 10 miles outside of Bailey and in, in, literally in the middle of nowhere and uh, stayed there for four years. And when I started talking to the squirrels, it was time to, you know, move back. To yeah. We, we went a little too far. <laughs> can you, can you speak a little squirrel for us? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to do it? Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> you, want, you want some nuts? Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know what you're yeah. So you... You guys lived there, and were you both working? Were you were you, were you just living off retirement? What were you? No, know. he was he was in the fire department okay. down here at South Metro Fire so pretty, Department. He got in pretty easy. Yeah, and I was I was oh. working at Littleton Hospital, and um, I was doing a lot of odd hours and driving home at three a.m. and half driving off the road half the time because I was so tired and it was such a long drive. And um, decided to decided for a variety of reasons the time had come to retire from that, and then uh, I uh, that's when I started writing from home doing a. And that's Freelance when it started. Writing, and that's yeah. when it started. Yeah. Well, that was the medical writing when I started okay. doing that. Yeah. Medical so. writing is what it started getting your getting your hand warmed up, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what did it. I'm gonna do some yeah. medical writing. How long did you do that? For ten years. Ten years. Mm -hmm. And then so, then you said, and then you went to Craig. You went to your family, went to your lovely, loving family, and Craig, and said, I think I'm gonna quit all this and I'm gonna write crazy, weird, death stuff. <laughs> I mean, when Actually, did you when did you when did you decide to do Craig's this? Craig's one that made me do it. <laughs> really, Craig made you do it. Well, I've been doing it as a hobby forever, but okay. to get serious about it, you really need the time to focus on that. And um, I had uh, kind of ended a long term contract I had had as a freelancer, and I was kind of at a well, what do I do now? Do I find more contracts? Do you know whatever? And um, I, he just he just said, what why don't you just what, finish your book? What year was this when he said, just just stop and, and do what you want to do? Uh, last year. Last year. So yeah. this was... Like in March this, this, of last year. So last year, 2020, 2015. Mm -hmm. All right. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk to her about the rest of the story because guess what? She just finished a book and she's going to keep going. She could be... I mean, this is launching, guys. This is This is real stuff. No one's read this yet. But her and some of her family, this is a real deal. It's called the Feast of Raisin. When we come back, we're going to find the true story on how she came up with all these characters and all these ideas when we come back. I'm Rob Scoggins. I'm your host of the Topic Conversation. We'll be back after these break. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Topic Conversation, and I am Rob Scoggins, your host. We do it live from the original Brooklyn's every Wednesday night, about 100 yards away from where the Broncos play, right here in downtown Denver, Colorado. 
Um, hope you can join us sometime when you're in town or in about. Uh, come down to Original Brooklyn's any Wednesday night. We'll be here uh, from around 6 o'clock to about 10 o'clock and just hang out with us, have some fun with us, and maybe learn something. You never know. And of course, um, not, not just that, but you can also come down here to the Original Brooklyn's and book some fun times and, and do things like that <laughs> if you want to here at the Original Brooklyn's. But tonight, we are having a blast. We're learning about uh, this young lady's past and what she's done with her life and how it built up to this book that she is launching uh, very, very shortly. Uh, this is her proof. It's called The Feast of Raven. She is Catherine uh, Spader, but she's allowed us to call her Kathy throughout the show, and we appreciate that. Um, but um, we're back. She is a, a historical fiction and fantasy writer. Uh, in, incredible book. I've been able to peek at it a little bit. She gave me a little peek, little sneak peek, and it, it, it's a lot of fun. And boy, if you like, if you like Tolkien, if you like that type of, uh, you know, and, and Game of Thrones type stuff, you're going to love, you're going to love this book. Okay. Okay. Now we go back. Welcome back. How are you? Good. Doing, doing good? You? Yeah. I'm doing great. I'm good. I'm fun? Yep. Good. All right. So you, you've, you've been a young lady on your own since about 17. And this has kind of molded you on who you are. You've, you've, you, you followed the dead. You, you were, you, then you got into nursing. Then you, met, then you met Craig. And you guys were like, this is cool, but we don't want to stay here. We want to come to Colorado. And then you say, and then he gives you the gift, which is a great thing for any spouse to do is give you the gift of go do what you want to do. Go, go, go really experiment with your writing and, and have some fun and see where it takes you. And boy, it's, it's gonna, I think it's going to take you uh, really, really far. But here, what we're going to talk about right now is you started a, a book club here. I mean, it was more for women. You were trying to do a sci-fi women's book. Explain that. Well, yeah, I started a, um, a fantasy writing group for women. And uh, I called it the Shield Maidens. Writers group and my friend. How'd you, how'd you come up with that title, Shields Maiden? What's he gonna call it? It's I a women's know. writers group. Of know. Does it mean anything? I mean, huh? Maiden usually means virgin. I don't know. Shield maidens were warriors. Oh, were female okay. warriors. Female yeah. warriors. Yeah. Oh, that's much from, better. From Tolkien. That's much yeah. sexier. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right. yeah. There you go. Right. Shield warriors. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you started this group, and it just it was hard because there's not a lot of women out there who do this. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of women out there that did it. It kind of fizzled, and um, so then I recontacted Christy, who I'd known, and Nick from a group I'd been in before, and said, "Hey, what are you guys doing? You know, can we get together and get some good people together and, and brainstorm? Yeah, have some have, have some a, wine and brainstorm, right? Get a group together, and uh, that's how it happened." It seems like in in the world of in in the world of um you know fantasy, and the world of um you know the world that you're writing and symbols are used all the time. Mm -hmm. You know we had uh, your lovely friend C. A. Hartman on the sh on the show uh, once, and she used symbols out through her whole books. I mean even the even the cover of her books are the you know I'll just go dive into it a little bit are the aliens. I mean that's their symbols. How are symbols in fantasy used? I mean they're so important, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Symbols and symbolism is is definitely a big thing. Um, the raven for me is the symbol of my book, probably. And uh, yeah. it's um, the raven. You want me to explain? Yeah, absolutely, because I was going to say the raven as a bird is a very dark bird. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. Edgar Allan Poe um, coined him the best, or coined the, the animal the best. But boy, what a dark, dark, dark animal! Dark I mean, they, animal. They'll eat yep. anything. Yep, they're scavengers, and they're also very intelligent, highly intelligent. And uh, back in the day, and most uh, most societies, most more um, pagan societies, believed that the ravens were special and that they were a spirit. And there was just various ways that they 
thought of that spirit and stuff, but I'm using that in my book. And um, uh, for my book, they believe the spirit was the uh, raven was the eater of souls. So when the ravens fly over the battlefield and they, they choose you for death, and when they eat you, they carry your soul away. And the Christians kind of interpreted that as it's a demon and it's carrying you away. So it's not, it's not an honor to be eaten by a raven. It, it, it depends on your religion. Okay. Um, the, so in the Christian what, religion, you're going to hell. Yeah. In the, in the, um, the northern pagan religions, which I would say people are familiar with the Vikings and stuff like this. My, yeah. my group is the Saxons who are related to the Vikings and had a very similar religion. They're Raven is taking the warrior soul up to Valhalla or Valhalla. So, so that's a good thing. That's a good <laughs> so, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now the name of the book, Feast of the Raven, and obviously you have a little underscore there. And his the name of the character is. Name of the character is Gerwolf. Gerwolf. How did you come up with that? Uh, it's just a good old Germanic name. <laughs> is it? That's just what you know. Yeah. yeah. Like Wolfgang Puck. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Or Beethoven. No. It but actually no. means uh, spear wolf. Is that what it means? Yeah, yeah. And spear yeah. as in the throwing spear. As in the throwing spear. And then the yeah. wolf as in the animal. Yeah. Okay. How did you come up with the title, Peace to the Raven? Um, honestly, my uh, I had a writing teacher that I took a just a adult course from to learn how to write fiction, and just for fun kind of thing years and years ago. And I had this idea, and I wrote a couple of chapters, and it was in this very raw form, of course. And she just dug it. She loved it. She was really into it. And when I tried to explain to her about the raven and the raven carrying the souls, and in this book they call the raven the eater of souls, um, she goes, oh, well, you should call your book Feast of the Raven. And I'm like, so, so she named it. She, yeah, she came up with the title. She got, she got the concept and she got and, what I was and what's her name? going for. Uh, her name is Linda Sweeney. Okay. And she just said, hey, that sounds it. That's yeah. it. And it was a working title and then it became the title. Right? Yeah. All right. Yep. And then the whole idea of the raven, the, the theme of the raven, will that stay in the book? Because obviously a big influence of you is, is J.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Now, Tolkien uh, took the title Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Lord of the Rings, uh, the, the, the Fellowship. You know, he, he, he you know, had a huge title. Will you do that with yours? Feast of the Raven, you know. Gearwolf. I might. I haven't Feast really the Raven, blah, blah, blah. decided yet. Okay. For sure. Well, you don't, yeah. yeah, you've got plenty yeah. of time. Yeah. So, and also, um, it's book one. So, obviously, there's going to be book two. Yep. Right? So, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we always, I always like to give props to, to artists. I mean, the artists take so much time to do uh, what they have to do for the, for the author. And sometimes the artwork on the cover page uh, or on the front of the book becomes as famous as, as the author does. Uh, who is your, who did your artwork? Oh, his name's Nick Zellinger, okay. and he's uh, uh, he specifically does um, book cover designs. He professionally does that. Right here in Denver, Colorado. In Denver, yep. Okay. Yep. His company actually is called NZ Graphics, if okay. anybody wants it. And he did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. job. Phenomenal yeah. job, yeah. And did, did you have to, you, did you kind of tell him what to do, or you just said, hey, this is the name of my book, I want a raven in it, and I want something that looks like Stonehenge, and do it? Well, I was kind of a pain in the butt because I'm sure you were, yeah. we went through quite a few things before we really got the feel of what I was looking for. And um, I, I gave him this photograph, the photograph I took myself and it was just your, a regular color photograph. And oh, then you he, took that. Yeah, where, I took where, the photograph, but he created this okay, art. So where, where, where is this? Where, where, it's also uh, on the poster yep. that people can see. You guys look at the poster while we're talking. And um, okay, so where is that? This is uh, a rock formation called the Externstein in Germany. Okay. And it's uh, it's kind of. What's well, a perfect location? Oh, that's, yeah. That's where it's it takes kind of place. the German equivalent of Stonehenge. Sure. 
yeah. type place. So it's an ancient place that was uh, used for many years. Well, that's incredible. Since early, early times for a variety of things, astronomical observations, um, you know, pagan worship. And there's, there's a lot of conjecture as to what really is all, all happened there, but it's quite mysterious and quite fascinating all at the same time. So, so. a perfect cover for your book. Yeah. It's, and what's the gentleman's name who helped you with the cover art? Nick Sellinger. Nick Sellinger. And mm -hmm. is he, and, and you, people can find him, no, no problem and, and all that good stuff. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. NZ graphics. NZ graphics. Yep. And the, and the Raven, the Raven had to be on the cover. You had to have the album. Yep. No question. I told him you had to have a Raven on there. there. Yeah. And the lightning strikes. Is that part of the book? Actually, that was kind of his idea, but yeah, there's, there's a, a big storm actually at one point. So in the book, it, so yeah. the, the cover art does fit into the book. Mm -hmm. some, oh, absolutely. At some point. This is the, the key place where the big stuff happens in yeah. the book. So, and more Ravens, Ravens are communal eaters, right? I mean, they're, they're not like buzzards or, you know, or other animals where they kind of eat alone and then they let everybody else go. Are they communal eaters like like hyenas? They all eat the body? Or, I think, you know, they, they can one, flock together just... and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Now mine is a, a single one, but whether this raven is really a bird or if it's a, a part of his like psyche is kind of up to the reader. And yeah. since we're an all ages show, obviously a murder of crows, a flock of seagulls, and what are a group of ravens called? I don't Do, know. Does anybody know? I don't flock? know. Flock of, flock of ravens? I, guess, I don't know. Yeah. Anybody know? <laughs> I don't know. I thought, I, well, I, I didn't know. If I didn't, that, was a, that was a buster for you. I didn't yeah. know. Um, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure people will be Googling that right now. Um, <laughs> what is it called? Um, when, you, when you first wrote uh, the first chapter about, where, about, uh, about Wolf, um, where were you going with it? I mean, what, what did you want to do? I mean, obviously you wanted to, you know, a J.R. Tolkien type theme and other stuff, but you so you chose a year for a reason. What year did you choose to focus around? The setting, the year of yeah, the, the setting, seven eighty two. I chose that specifically because there is um, some very significant events in history that happened in that year. Can you share that with us? Um, yeah, I guess I could give it without giving away too much. That, that's the year of one of the, the largest campaigns that Charlemagne, King Charlemagne, who later became an emperor, made against the the Saxon people, and uh, it, so it. It's very notorious in for in history circles who know about it. There was a huge massacre and a lot of bad things happened, and um, so I wanted to set my story within that background. What does Gearwolf do for a living? Gearwolf is a um, a warrior. Is that a living? Um, well, he's barely making a living. He's so he's like an artist. He's an outcast living on the fringes okay. of, of society, and he's. Uh, He's um, a savage warrior who's really desperately trying to escape his um, guilty conscience. Is he? Is he what a, a modern day, you know, headhunter, a modern day deer hunter? Is he? Uh, he's hired for, for you know, getting rid of people. Is that what he? Well, he's been living in the wilds because he's been outcast, um, and his 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 story and his goal is to to come back and to find his place and to find redemption and to escape his, basically to escape his guilty conscience, um, which is embodied by the raven that haunts him his every step. Does a raven follow him around? Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the, I mean, that, I saw that and I just read a, you know, a few sentences, but there really is kind of a raven. Does, does the raven have a name? Does the, have you given that bird a name? Have you given that? He just calls it the raven. Right. And the society calls it, you know, the raven spirit, the eater of souls. So so he feels like this raven is 
haunting him, eating his soul. So in book two, will the raven maybe get a name? Uh, she gets a name before Oh, she. It's a yeah. she. It's Ooh. a she. Ooh, what are you doing? Yes. All right. Very it's specifically, she. it's a she, and okay. she gets a name before the end of the book. Yes. Before the book, the end of book two. Before the end oh, of this book. Oh, book one. That's yeah. right, right. Before yeah. the end of book one. That's the right. Raven is actually a main character. Right, of course. Yeah. So. The whole concept of, of doing of doing a year, to picking a year in the in the world, and picking a, a, a modern day year. I mean, people, you know, can can research that year. Um, that must be difficult. I mean, you have to really be on par and. Because there's a lot of geeks out there. There's a lot of... Oh, know, tell me about a, it. There's yeah. A lot, yeah. yeah. There's, a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of geekers out there who really look into oh, those yeah. years. Like, is yeah. she bright? Is she bright? Yeah, well, I'm one of those people. Are you? So, yeah. So yeah. you're your own critic. Yeah, and also when I watch other things, it's like, oh, did they really do that then? Uh, right. you know? But uh, it's part of the reason I decided to make it a fantasy. Um, was because I wanted to be researched and I wanted to be... It's as historically accurate as it can be, but this time period, there isn't a whole lot of research um, either, but I don't really, the whole point isn't to get into arguments exactly about the history. It's more the story that's, to me, is important. So. Sure. And it's fun to write because there was sexual freedom back there. No one cared. I mean, no one had any political issues with, with their sexual identity or who they were. They just disrobed and say, hey, how you doing? Is that pretty much, is that pretty much... <laughs> Is that pretty? I mean, I've, I've, that's, that's what I. Is that pretty much how that era back then or that time period? It depends was? if you were a Christian or a pagan, more so. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So the yeah, so were the, great, the, the people who the people who followed the Grateful Dead were pagans, yeah. and the people who followed the Doobie Brothers. I mean, the people who followed um, the Carpenters there were Christians. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So would um would would Gerwolf be a deadhead? Would he like the Grateful Dead? Oh, he'd probably like Jethro Tull. Oh, he liked Jethro Tull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kinda, I kind of like her out of the Grateful Dead more. So thick, so, as, yeah. thick as a brick, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so when you, when, you, when you create these characters, do you, talk to the, do you talk to your book group? Do you talk to your family? Or is there any of these characters, and, 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 and I hate to embarrass anybody, but is there anybody here in the audience or at home back in Chicago in the ER Throughout your history, the dead, the, you know, following the Grateful Dead, being in the ER, being a nurse, climbing that tree, your child. Is there anybody in there that kind of is a part of you? Oh, everybody's in here. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I it's mean, time. It's time to bring it in up. In fact, I'm sizing you up right now for my next book where I, I can put you, you know. Really? So, yeah. I want to be. <laughs> Every, everybody's fodder. So. <laughs> uh, I guarantee you, folks, I'm going to be the big fat blacksmith going, hey, you doing? Hey. Hey, werewolf. You need uh, you need uh, some things? No. Um, no, werewolf. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. That's very, I'm honored. But is there anybody that you can say, yeah, that personality is that character and it's okay. You know, we're all oh. family here. Well, honestly, uh, the two main characters are based a lot on me. Okay. They're you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so you're in a loose you're, way, obviously. You're yeah. a raven and him. Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. a lot, of, there's a lot of parts of me, but I've combined it with other is things. Is that why obviously. the raven's female? Is that why? Because you're female. And yeah. Gearwolf is obviously macho. Yeah. So, I mean, are, is the raven you? Yeah. And yeah. As, as is Gearwolf. Yeah. Yeah. Being in the ER, did you feel like a raven? Because of, <laughs> because of all that death? 
I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I, mean I don't want to. That's an interesting idea. I, yeah, I never thought of it that way. But, I mean, you were yeah. helping, though. I mean, you were the raven that was healing. You yeah. were a healing raven. We were trying raven. to help, yeah. <laughs> you were a healing raven, and ravens don't do that. Yeah. They, they, they devour. But you were, you didn't. And is that part of it? Is that part of the book? Yeah, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of, of that history in there. There's oh, there's a lot. And then there's there's a woman character, too. Yeah, a of woman, course. Woman. I, mean, yeah. I didn't read about that, so yeah. I skipped over Yeah. That. But I didn't, because I went wrong. But um, who... Is, is is Craig in there? Is your mom in there? Is 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 a cat that you yeah, grew up? Is, a, is an animal that you grew up with? In there's there? a bit of Craig in uh, Gerwolf. <laughs> is there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in fact, of, Craig got really a lot of tattoos. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he uh, when he read the whole thing when it was in pretty good shape from beginning to end the first time, and uh, he got kind of mad because of uh, <laughs> he goes. I'm just so mad at him. I, I, I don't like it. I don't, I'm so mad at him. I'm like, what, what, what? And he goes, because he'd do exactly what I would do. And it's just pissing me off. <laughs> the so, choice he makes in the book is crazy. Like that's exactly what I would have done. And it, that just pisses me off. <laughs> how, long have you, how long have you guys been together? How long have you been married? Well, we've been married. I'm terrible at this. Um, <laughs> Got married in two thousand and one, so fifteen years married, and a couple years before that. Okay, so yeah, that's you know that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time to get to know somebody. Other things in there. I mean, you've you've obviously thrown a lot of juicy, crazy stuff in there. Does death have to be a part at the beginning? I mean, every good novel always starts off with either a death or a birth. Okay, you start off with both. No, you don't. No, um, no, you don't. But um, why? Why is that? Why do? Why do most, you know, you know, fantasy writers start off with death? I don't know. Come on, help me out because I, yeah. I need to know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Do they really necessarily always start out with death? It's kind of. My or, book doesn't. Or, or trans- no one dies for a while. Or a transformation, or yeah. something, or something. Yeah, a transformation. You know, yeah. or something. A transformation. Or the beginning of the beginning of a new path correct yeah that's yeah. because that that's a story nobody nobody really is interested in a story where someone is just sitting and doing the same thing they've always been doing it's that that journey to something else or that longing for something else or that taking the step towards something else or that makes a story it's kind of honor to be immortalized in a book that's why i'm trying to get you to you know tell people who who you drew from and and obviously you and craig i mean you're you know you're you're his raven, I guess. I don't know. We'll figure that out yeah, later, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of nice. I mean, that's kind of nice. You're his protector. You're you're there for him. You're watching him. You're making sure he's going <laughs> to be. And I able, haunt his every step. And you so. haunt his every step. <laughs> <laughs> the the um, it takes guts to put, you know, Catherine. It takes guts to put a, a, your name on there. A lot of a lot of uh, people um, who write fiction or who write I'm mean, not fiction who write fantasy, um, even you know Harry Potter's author. Um, they start off with their initials. They don't want people to know exactly who they are uh, because they're afraid they may not read it or may not look at it. Um, why did you choose you and your you know, people and whoever you talked to or who mentored you? Um, why did you choose to go ahead and put Catherine on there? You know, that's something I really did debate about, um, especially since fantasy genre sometimes is, eh, there's a lot of male writers, sure. you know, and it's traditionally been a lot of male writers. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it, yeah. You, you gotta yeah. Do it. Like C. Spader, it sounds, it sounds like, yeah, like. Not real. Not, not me, really. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted my name, so. Book number two is coming. 
you're mm -hmm. already halfway through it or is it we I've have, actually written the whole thing, but it needs more words. It needs to be filled out a lot. So, Will this be a trilogy or is this going to be book one, book two? I think Geralt's story only needs two books to be told. Um, I'm going to write, I would love to write some other spinoff books on some of the other characters in the book. So, who, who did, who, Right now, who do you think deserves a spinoff? Oh, probably Charlemagne. Sure. I could make a good spinoff about him. I could make a spinoff about the parents of Garewolf. Their story is interesting. Um, and yeah, everybody loves my monk, Pytel. Yeah. <laughs> and people are interested in Yeah. People don't write Pytel about. Pytel would make a good spinoff too. Yeah. People don't I write mean, much more about people who have devoted their, devoted their life to one, one path. Um, that'd be neat. I, I think people would read that. Now, when you, when you have um, brought these characters together, would, would Garewolf, does he have a lot of friends? Is he popular? No, he's in the beginning of the book. He's completely an outcast. Yeah, yeah. He's been banished, excommunicated, and done. Done. Yeah, living in the the wilds like a, a wolf boy, so okay. to speak. Yeah. And then he he he. That's gets, where he starts. Sure, and he yeah. gets friends along the way. Yes. Or, yes, or, he does. or you know associates he, along the he way. He makes yeah. He starts making. Uh, he makes one friend Pytel, which everybody's favorite character apparently. <laughs> Vital is his buddy. It's kind of a, it turns into a little bit of a buddy, buddy story. Sure, yeah. why not? It makes a good story. Why should people buy your book? Why should people want to read this? Well, if you're interested in history, if you're interested in fantasy, um, if you're interested in, there's a lot of um, military stuff in here. You know, if you like just good action war stuff, there's, there's many levels you can read this book. It's an easy read. Um, you can read it just for the action and the the blood and guts and and that kind of thing if you want to read it for that and the military history and the campaign and the war campaign or you can read it more for the more esoteric mind stuff that's going on in Garewolf's head you can read it for the i don't want to give up a, a lot away you can really re read it for the relationship between him and the the main woman character I'm not saying necessarily it's a romance but there's a relationship so. Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Spader, pick pick a pick a paragraph or one of your favorite paragraphs or something that really emulates the book and and read that for us real quick. Oh, it doesn't um, have to be the back part in, inside the book. Oh, if if you know something that it, it hits you and you want to share, I don't have you don't have your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have your hair glasses? There we go. We're gonna, we'll get them. We'll get them. What's what's great about what's great about pre-recording is we can edit this part out. Okay. Oh, great. So if you want to pick up a paragraph or something that in, in there that you really want to uh, portray and tell people that, that, you know, that to get people to be wanting to read the book, that something really hits you. Or if you just want to read the back page, that's fine. Absolutely. I think it sums it up. Okay, Probably this, the best. This is uh, Catherine uh, Spader, and she's going to tell us a little bit about the book. She's going to read the back part. Here we go. Okay. Torn between ancient magic and the new Christian order. In 782 AD, a beast prowls the forests of northern Germany. He is Wolfhedden, Wolf Demon, Scourge of the Christian Franks. He is also Gerwolf, the man, a wretched outcast and bastard of a Christian woman and a pagan father. Gerwolf emerges from the shadows to escape his demons and seek deliverance. To redeem his mortal soul, he serves a legendary Charlemagne in a savage holy war against the pagan Saxons. Gerwolf's quest pits him against the dark powers of a mysterious Saxon shield maiden and leads to his greatest battle reclaiming his humanity in a dark age when beasts lurk inside all men. And the raven, the eater of souls, she soars above, hungering to feast on the blood guilt of all. 
Very good. I'd read that. Yeah. I'd buy that book. Yeah. <laughs> that is a part of the Feast of Raven by uh, Catherine Spader, which is coming out soon. Tell us, when is this coming out? When can people find this? When can people get this? When? 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 Obviously, you have to proof that, right? I have to proof this. It's getting sent to and your buddy here who helps and... your buddy here who's helping you do that is here. James Hallman is James my editor is yep. here who did a phenomenal job who um, yeah put up with unbelievable amounts of crap from me. And your publicist, um, your publicist is here too. Um, who else is here that's helped yeah, you with the book? Um, well, besides my writing group, friends, right? The writing group. Okay, that's everybody. Okay. Wanted, yeah. All right, we got everybody. We got everybody in. Um, um, where can people find this? When, when is this going to happen? It'll be it'll be on Amazon. It'll be available ebook, Kindle as well. And do we too. do you have a kind of a release date plan? It'll be we, in August. August, okay. probably toward the end of August. Here we come, yeah. folks. Here we come. Uh, here are the topic conversation. We like to have things before they happen. So here we go. Here we go. What are we? We're in the, when that we're in the third trimester, and we're about a month away. Yeah, two months <laughs> away. Two months away. So she's 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 having a baby, folks. Um, Oh God, no! I, no, no, not another, not another. This is a fictional baby. Yeah. No, a, this a is my baby. Yeah. Is there anybody else that you'd like to thank who has helped you along this incredible journey that you've been able to do and take the time to do? Is there anybody else you just want to thank? Um, well, everybody here. I mean, my husband, of course. If um, he hadn't encouraged me to just kind of go for it and and really do it, devote a lot of time to this, I I don't think I would have been able to do that on my own. I yeah. just would have kept at it as a hobby and never really gotten serious about it. And we it, thank so. him again for kicking this off, kicking our, you know, kicking our end of our fourth season off by his singing at the yes. beginning. Yep. And his 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 wonder his wonderful voice and music will be taking us in and out of breaks and and of course leading in and ending the show as well. So we, we thank you for that. Yeah. Anybody else out yeah. there? Yeah, I'd like to thank mom. That's ah. it. Mom yeah. mom. She's she's a, a retired English teacher, and she uh, helped develop my love of literature and reading, and always had a house full of books. And is she in know, the book um, as a character? Mm -hmm. Actually, not specifically. Book but number two, maybe. All yeah. right, here we go. Yeah. We're going to be in the next book, Mama. Yeah. Me and you in the black in the blacksmith. We're going to be. You're going to be the baker, and I'll be blacksmith. <laughs> Uh, anybody else? Um, well, I'd like to thank Polly Latovsky, who's my um, project manager. Um, she's done a wonderful job showing me the ropes of how to go about doing this and doing it, you know, professionally and doing it well. So those young writers throughout the world who will be listening to this show, it takes a ton of time to do these things. Oh, yeah. It doesn't just, yeah. I mean, people just think it flows out. No, it's been a full time job. It, for takes, a year. it takes a time, yeah. doesn't it? It really yeah. takes time. And it takes effort and love from friends and family and encouragement and just everything that pours out. Um, are you ready for Rob's Fast Five questions? Sure. All right. Well, first off, before we, before we do that, tell people how they can find you, how they can friend you, how they can, you know, if they want to, you know, you've got a great website. So we'll just oh, talk okay. about that. Uh, my website is katherinespader.com or you can find it under feastoftheraven.com if that's easier to remember. Um, I'm on Facebook. Sure. I'm on um, Pinterest and Twitter, although I'm not tweeting very much, no. doing a lot of Facebook stuff. But. Tweety, tweety, twit, twit. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ravens don't tweet. They don't. Yeah. tweet. they they cacaw. They caw. Yeah. yeah. Caw. <laughs> um, are you ready for Rob's fast five questions? Sure. Okay. Do your best impression of a raven. <laughs> 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 
but <laughs> actually, that's not so bad. I mean, yeah. could be worse, right? I've I mean, never that, tried that before, that, so that, that, sound, that sounds like one that's dying. But that's yeah, okay. um, but you know, yours yours lives. What's the best song um, by, written by or your your favorite song by the by the Grateful Dead? Can I pick one from Jess Rotel instead? Yes, even though he wasn't a member of the Grateful Dead, but sure. No. No, okay, <laughs> who, who was your, that's fine, forget about that. Who, who, what is your favorite song by Jethro Tull? You know what, right now, the one that pops into, the, I have many, but the one that pops into my head right now is called Life is a Long Song. Sure. So. Yeah, he's, he's played Red Rocks a lot. I mean, he comes here a lot, or he yeah. did. It's the name of the band, it's not the name of the guy. Right. I know, yeah. no, I know, yeah. I, mean, I know. But he, that the group, yeah. the, the, the Jethro Tull, the group, has yeah. come here a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. many, And many have you times. seen him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Every time? Oh, no. No. They've been touring for, well, they just actually broke up a couple of years ago and they have solo things, but they yeah. toured for almost 50 years. Yeah. Unbelievable, so, unbelievable yeah. band, Jethro Tull. When you're writing, do you just close off to the world? What do you do? What is your routine to write? Just walk me through your routine of, of what you do. It, it, and I want, I, want, I want details. I even want pouring the coffee, what creamer you use. <laughs> What's your setup? Because I, Craig and I played baseball. We have a setup. We go to the mm-hmm. we, when we when we bat. We yep. go we go to the diamond. We have a routine. Uh, 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 you know, we I don't know why we touch ourselves, but we do. Yeah. But you know, we, you know, and and we and we bat. I mean, that we have a routine. And if we don't do that routine, we don't have a good at bat. What is your at bat before you write? I'm a very early morning person. Have a lot of insomnia, so I. Are we will... talking early, like before the before the crack of dawn? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, but I do my best writing early in the morning. So get up cup of coffee, lots of milk in it. It's decaf because I can't handle caffeine. <laughs> real real milk? Yep. Okay. Yeah, real milk. And uh, I put on, I'm a vinyl collector. I love vinyl albums and okay. I pick whatever I'm in the mood or whatever's going to suit whatever scene I'm working on. I put music on. Jethro Tull? Oftentimes, Oftentimes, yes. okay. Yep, yep, very much. And uh, I sit down and write. That's it. With a cup of coffee, yeah. That's it. Have you have, do you have a working title for book number two? I was thinking of calling it Clash of the Wolfheaden, but I'm not it's, totally sure not, yet. Not, not yeah. sure yet, because yeah. you've got plenty of time. Yeah. This hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you, as we age, we're all aging, you know, do you think this is the best time for you to be writing? Or do you, do you think, you know, uh, you should have waited or you should have done it before? you like, oh man, I wish I would have done it before. Or should I have waited a little bit longer? Or do you think this is the best time for you to be doing this? Honestly, it really is kind of the best time. As, as much as it would be nice to have like written 100 books by now and started when I was 16 or something, I just, I think it just came to a point in my life where I was ready and where I had enough life experience to write about and I knew how to integrate it into a story and I had read enough of other people's work and, you know, um, the right, every, you know, the timing just had to fall together. If you were to meet, if you were to meet Gerwolf, if you were going to have dinner with him or something, maybe coffee. Oh, that'd be so cool. How, <laughs> what, what, would the, what would the first question you ask him? Hmm, I'm not sure. <laughs> what, what, would, what would the conversation be about, you think? <laughs> Actually, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no. What, um, what would the conversation be about? What, what, would, what would... You call him up, you say, I'd hey... I want to get inside his head. Okay. You know, and, so and I'm not sure... Yeah, oh, that's true, yeah. 
That's true. I know. I'd be like having dinner with myself, I guess. Right. I don't so, know. But yeah. been, what time? It wouldn't be a theme. There wouldn't have, you don't have a question for him? or. I don't or, want him to drink craft beer. Okay. You know? right. Because he's been like in the woods a long time, and I'd want him to have like a good, good, a good ale. And what, beer, and what beer would that be? What? Arrogant Bastard. Arrogant Bastard by who? By um, Stone. By Stone. Stone. Yeah. Arrogant Bastard by Stone Brewery. Yeah. yeah. And where is Stone Brewery? It's where? in San Diego. It's in San Diego. Oh, I should have mentioned a Colorado beer. Sorry. No, that's okay. No, no one cares. No <laughs> or a Scotch cares. Ale from... <laughs> it's, okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, if, you, if, if you could go anywhere in, back in time, back in time, anywhere back in time and live and then come back here to our time, where would you go? Right now, I would have to say I'd go to that year. You yeah. go, you go to, yeah. you go to, uh, what seven eighty two? Seven eighty two A.D. Yeah, and be able to come back here. Yeah, I want and to... and when you came back here, what would you tell us about that time? What really, what it was really like, you know, because so much of it is fantasy. Even, yeah. It's either fantasy or even the the research and the archaeology and stuff. There's so many missing pieces, and there's really relatively little known about the time that factual and. Uh, and what is known, it's like, we still don't really know. It's like, what are the people really like? You know, what was life really like? Sure. We, we might know they had this kind of a spear or they had this kind of a, a house or this kind of a horse or, or whatever, but we don't really know, you know, what the people's lives are really like. And do we really know that about any time? You know, what did it really feel like to live there and to be, be there? Last question. What's, what's on Kathy Spader's perfect pizza? Green peppers, sausage. Um, Type of sausage? Olives. Spicy Italian. Okay. Yeah. Black olives. That's pretty much what we always that'd get. Be, that'd be it? And you got to burn it. You got to burn it. Yeah. Yeah. Really it. well done. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? Burnt crust. Thin crust. Really, yeah. Very well done. I can't thank you enough for being on the show. You've been an absolute delight. This is a huge book for you. We cannot wait to see what happens, and I'm sure... Colorado will be absolutely proud of you when it does. And we hope you're at Comic-Con next year because that's where I met these cast of characters. And we wish you the best of luck. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, and we thank Kathy for being here. And I just want to remind you to listen, talk, and laugh as much as you can. Wake up every day with a purpose to do good things for yourself and for others, just like Kathy does. And you never know, you might be downtown Denver at the original Brooklyn's 100 yards away from where the Broncos play as our topic of conversation. My name's Rob Scoggins. I've been your host. Have a great day, and good night. It's only fair that she goes out on the town I know that she loves me and she ain't fooling around But let me tell you, friend, if you think you got trouble No matter what you pay, it's gonna cost me double If she ain't with me, that means she's out on a spree Spending lots of money, but the bill gets sent to me. 
Knows I got a weakness for guitars and tattoos. Just to ease the pain, I should have chosen pills and booze. She said it's only fair that she goes out on the town. I know that she loved me and she ain't fooling around. But let me tell you, friend, if you think you got trouble, no matter what you pay, it's gonna cost me double. See my baby out there with a big bright smile Dressed to the nines and riding in style Laughing with her girlfriends and having a time Just remember brother, it's all on my dime I know it's only fair that she goes out on the town I know that she loves me and she ain't fooling around Love that little girl and that's my only trouble No matter what the bill says it cost me double She's so fine I don't mind Certified one of a kind My baby's love just robs me blind And it's gonna cost me double